Jacob has a uh, a uh, vendetta, vendetta against Ava, Avid. Hmm. I think it has something to do with this uh, little thing that you need to use Pro Tools with, called an eye lock, which is not fun. I want to make can't a I joke, just but write it's a license not really a joke. To, why can't I just write a license to the computer like I can with Reason? Why do I have to carry mm-hmm. around this little USB drive? Or why can't it be FL Studio and just not need DRM? Let me tell you guys something. A few weeks ago, Reason's servers went completely down for a couple hours. There's some kind of glitch in their logging in system. And because Reason Studios is in Switzerland, this happened around like 2 or 3 p.m. Nothing happened about it to like 7 or 8 p.m. So for like for hours, he wanted to make music. Well, unless he had offline authorization, which I know I should have had on at least one of my computers, but I didn't. I, I was shit out of luck. I, I couldn't do anything about it. And um, I just, I hate, I hate DRM. I hate, DRM. I hate that it's a standard yeah. for DAWs and for everything, really. I hate, yeah, it's I know. Kill, well, it's, it kills your creativity. Oh, I want to make a song. I have a great idea. Well, guess what? You can't log in right now. You can't use your program. You, sp- you spent collectively over $400 or $450 on. Like, come on. It's not even DRM in a sense. That's the problem. It's the it's bad DRM. Like Logic has DRM, True. but it's just the fact you it's just you buying it from the store. Same thing with Steam and stuff like that. And but when it's offline, you could still use the program because you bought it off Steam. You know, uh, but like I just like that's why whenever I buy games, I buy them off nowadays. I buy them off of GOG, good old games, because they don't use their big companies love them, but they don't use DRM. Studio One, for those who are concerned about this, does not require the use of DRM to make music. I think, wait, so so you have to have a USB drive plugged in to use it? To use uh, Pro Tools, you have to yeah, have an iLock. Yeah, use Pro, tool, Pro Tools. Yeah, like I just, that's insane to me. Well, a lot of plugins take this as well. Because, like, you, you store the licenses to use this uh, software on your iLock. And, you know, it's, like, meant to deter theft. But, um, honestly, it causes a ton of headaches as well for people that can't get it to work. Because, you know, sometimes USB drives just don't work. You know, yeah, let me especially, t- let me especially when it's, like, a USB aid. Like, a lot of, like, USB drives are, you know, I mean, they use USB... 2.0 you know and a lot of computers nowadays are coming with like my mac only uses usb-c you know so i Same. have to get it if i want to use like a usb 2.0 i have to get an adapter and plug it in you know yeah. i mean the reason, i have an adapter so yeah i have to do that too the reason i hate pro tools is because a few years ago i just wanted to use the trial I was like, hey, you know what? I just kind of want to see what all the buzz is about. I know it's industry standard. I know how City is used in the past. I'll check it out. After like two hours of trying to set up the trial, which, you know, you go on their website and download it for free. It just, I, I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't get it to authorize on my computer. So I never gotten to use Pro Tools. That, and I've watched videos about it. It's the most clankiest, weird looking DAW I've ever seen. Sequencing looks terrible. And that's why I, I just hate the mini Pro sequencer Tools. sequencer is I, a bit... Of a weak I spot. Hate, I hate that it's industry standard, in my opinion, because it's, it's in my opinion, kind of garbage. I'm sure it's powerful. It, it sounds like you could do some cool things, but you have to hate yourself. You, you know, I don't know if you guys have Look, ever tried to learn Microsoft Excel or Microsoft Access. Access is even worse. 
you know, Pro Tools is like trying to learn Microsoft Access. It's like you need to be an engineer and have like a bachelor's degree to learn how to use it. The thing with Pro Tools, as with most industry standards, is that it's the best, but it's also the worst at times. Um, but like, yes, Pro Tools does crash a lot. Um, yes, it does uh, require the iLock. Yes, it is sometimes a pain. Yes, sometimes the interface is a bit weird. The MIDI sequencer is a little bit weak. A lot of times Avid is behind the the uh, the ball on like important industry standard update things like um like uh, compatibility with a certain connectivity. But at the same time, it's really not that it does a lot of big cool things but really that it does a lot of small things efficiently well if you know how to use it. The keyboard shortcuts in Pro Tools are super complicated because there's so many of them, but if you can master that, if you can master the keyboard shortcuts, you can like you can see why the professionals can track like eight instruments in a matter of 2 hours. Whereas you can obviously do it in other DAWs, but it just won't flow as easy as it does with Pro Tools. Oh, here's something else that I want to mention about Studio One. For those of you who don't know, Studio One takes custom keyboard mappings, meaning you can make keyboard shortcuts for anything, but even better, you can import a keyboard map from any other DAW. You could use a Cubase keyboard shortcut map, you, you can use a uh, Logic keyboard shortcuts map, and yes, Wait, you can use those? a Pro Tools keyboard shortcut map. Wait, Logic has those too? Huh? I didn't keyboard know. I didn't, lo- I didn't I mean, know Logic had those. You you have keyboard shortcuts, so of course you're gonna have yeah. a map. Oh. Just like <laughs> I didn't know. I'm I'm. Be- yeah, I feel like that'd be a great way to like learn another DOM when you're comfortable with using another. Yeah, exactly. I like got the very least I can use. I can import, um, you know, the keyboard mapping from Reason into Studio One. Let's say I want to zoom in. I want to do stuff like that. Instead of like pressing keys on my button or on my keyboard and like breaking the DAW, it'll actually do what I think it should do. Does um one thing that does it work with like plugins though? Like say like I have a shortcut on Logic that if I hit it, it you know puts in you know, uh, what is it? It makes a track with the labs plugin, you know, not saying it, I don't know if it can that's do that, thing? but it, it, I, that's what it, I, that's what it sounds like to me. No. So do you know it, how like your shortcuts aren't like, let's say like you press like the R button, it starts recording and logic. Yeah. It does that. Yeah. It just transfers. Those I know, but I mean like he's, he's Austin said it was like, it can do like, you can set it to do whatever you want. I figure if there is a shortcut to make a track with a Labs plugin in Logic, then, like, I see no reason why you could not make a shortcut to do that in Studio One. Okay, I guess it's I guess it's just, like... Because, like, what if, the, like, the, I mean, lo- the location of the plugin would obviously be different, right? What do you mean? Like, like what I'm saying is, like, I guess now I, I, I didn't understand what you're saying earlier. So I guess like you can't like say like I had the pl- command set. So it made a new track MIDI track and the MIDI track was set to, you know, the default of or say labs, you know, 
Yeah. Say like I try to do that in Pro Tools, and it's like, would it not have to look? Would I not have to like say install Labs twice, one for Logic or one for Pro Tools, or would I have to like choose where Pro like Labs is inside of Pro Tools? You mean whether it's an AU or VST or whatever? Like say like I have, you know, say like I have um labs in my downloads folder for some reason. Okay. But all my Pro Tools plugins are in my documents folder. Yeah. Obviously nobody in the right mind would do that. But like say that's what happens and I use the same keyboard command from Logic to Pro Tools. Would I, what if I, would it like look, I Wait, get, no. would I have to just now, like. Hold on now, hold on now. I don't I don't know if Pro Tools can import keyboard shortcut maps. I would not be surprised, but I was talking about Studio One V. Let's just let's drop the question. This is such I, I, this is such a stupid question because <laughs> it doesn't even work how I thought you, how I was assuming it worked. So let's just one weird let's thing. Move on. One weird thing about Pro Tools compared to the other DAWs is that you have to insert virtual instruments as an insert effect. You oh, can't just have why? that as the input. Oh. Like you can in pretty much any other DAW. Um, Why? I don't know. That? It's just weird. Um, Sad. Does Avid hate us? <laughs> Dude, it's not that hard. One thing about Pro Tools, I will have to give it. It's still probably better than uh, Sibilis. Sibelius? Well, isn't even a DAW. That's not a so, DAW. Yeah. That's a scoring song. That's notation software. And that I software mean, is kind of garbage from what I hear. Or really complicated. That's... That's what I mean. Like, it still can't... Obviously, yeah. You can score better in Pro Tools than you can in But it's made by the same people, I bet bet you could. It is made by the same people. Well, I bet you could. I will say that's one thing that Logic has that neither Reason nor Studio One has. You can print out... That's true. You can uh, score... You can convert your MIDI notes to score and uh, print it out or save it as a PDF. That'd yeah, be really so you could useful like, if, like, you're you trying to set up make, a, um, like a, like a concert or something. I think you can actually do that from GarageBand as well. You can, you can That's do it cool. in GarageBand. No, I mean save it from save it as a PDF. I know you could already score. Yeah, it. yeah, you can. I know, I know. I'm seeing you can do that. Yeah. Wow, that would have saved me a lot of trouble about three years ago. Because Sibelius is or Sibelius is garbage. They do, they, if you guys, even, like, if you guys want to know. Anymore. If you guys are listening to this and you're more into notation than you are into producing, then check out MuseScore, which is a free notation yeah. software that I've found to be fairly powerful. MuseScore is way better. Like Sibelius is just like... I mean, it's free and Sibelius is not. So regardless of your feelings on Sibelius, here you go. Here's a free software. They sh- they, Sibelius should be... Your opinion on Sibelius should be that even if you don't compose, it is hot garbage that costs too much. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you. I don't score, or compose, or anything. So you know, I never really. So maybe with the that. company, since they also make Pro Tools, they should probably take a hint and learn not to make hot garbage. Because yep. the thing is, the funny part is, Sibelius is also used a whole lot in composing for some reason. Even though everyone agrees it's rather awful. Hmm. You know, Austin, I just remembered Reason uh, uh, released a new update today. You know, something I've surprisingly, I don't think I've mentioned yet, Reason 11 came out a few months ago, guys, and if you if you use any other DAW, if you want to try out Reason, if you get Reason 11, you could actually, it'll come with a Reason, it'll use, so basically, the Reason could come as its, its own VST now, so you use yeah. it as a, as a, 
either <laughs> what? either as a virtual yeah. instrument or as a uh, plugin. So let's say and you go into Logic, like wow. a virtual instrument rack or a plugin rack. Like that's yeah. ooh, it ooh, is. Really I got cool. a DAW that I gotta talk about, bro. That I'll I check, forgot. I'll, I'll try to send you a video Listen, later. But basically, I tried this? it with Logic, and I I put in my instrument as Reason effect, and I can use pretty much anything from Reason. It's the entirety of Reason aside from its mixer and its sequencer. Every other thing you can use like inside is, of any other DAW. It's pretty cool. Like this is like that, rewire, but with better functionality. But it's not garbage and. Uh, 11.2 came out today, garbage. which <laughs> I never really got to mess with uh, Rewire, to be fair. I uh, tried to, though. But um, I gotta... the new update today comes with a new player. It's a beat maker. And basically, you can you use a drum instrument in your in your DAW, or like, let's say it's in Reason. If you use it, it'll make a drum pattern based on algorithms. And I haven't gotten a chance to really look into it yet, but it sounds pretty cool. And there's another thing where you can share your MIDI from Reason and your other DAW together. So you could play an instrument from, let's say, Ableton and play an instrument from Reason at the same time playing the same exact notes. So that's kind of cool. Okay. It just came uh, out today. I that, that gets me thinking about another DAW, though, that I really should have mentioned because it's rather underrated, but it's it's great for what it does. And they have actually announced that they're, they're doing something similar to that where you can use it now as a VST. It's called VCV Rack. That is a amazing. <laughs> it basically what I love about it, I love doing stuff like creatively with stuff I like. So it's a DAW that lets you make your own Euro Rack synth. Basically, make your own synthesizer with your own parts, whatever you want to use. And it's all because it's free. I'm getting into synthesizers. Too. I'll check it out. It's you know, free. guys, and it, it's I decided. Oh, you keep going. Actually, mine's not important. Yeah, it's um, it, it like, it's fun when you get the hang of it because you can use because they just introduced polyphony too, so you can have actually play multiple keys at the same time. Uh, and but the thing is, that remember, it is a DAW, so it actually, in similar with other DAWs, if you use like, you can get some distortion if you use the you know go through the CPU too hard. Uh, so, you know, remember that it's, um, but, uh, it's fun cause you can download other people's like modules too. You can link them up together and you can do all sorts of crazy stuff with them. And it's, uh, it's very fun. And they've announced that it can now they're working on a way to get it working as a VST with like logic and stuff. So yeah, that's another DAW. If you don't really, if you don't really want to record, but you want to like experiment with synthesizers and stuff, that's a great one. Not to mention the fact that it's free too. You know, Reaper's also free. Yeah, I was going to say a lot Reaper. Of audio no, Reaper's not free. Reaper. Isn't it like 70 bucks? No, it's free. Like it has a... Okay, well... Trade Reaper secret. is a great doll to look Reaper into. Reaper is a doll that has a... Uh, well, first off, it looks like it's straight out of 2002, but... Uh, but I heard it great has things a, about it. It has a 60-day uh, free trial that is not enforced meaning they will try and guilt you into actually purchasing the full version, but you don't have to. So I'm you getting can it keep now. using like, uh, the free like version when, <laughs> I'm getting like it now. forever and ever. And you, uh, it is the like ring roar. modulator on this is probably the best ever. Like, it's it's even better than Logic's and GarageBand's ring modulator. You know, 
Because it Scratch actually we behaves saying more earlier. like a ring modulator actually does. And it has a lot of other cool effects as well. Like we're talking yeah, audio what, there. Scratch what we said earlier. Honestly, if you're looking for your first doll, you should check out Reaper. Because I've heard great things in the past and it looked interesting. But knowing now that you could basically use a full version for free, uh, well, you might you as well try it. You, you barely get any MIDI, if any. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like the downside to that. That's weird. I've heard a lot of good things about Reaper, um, but it's not very popular. Reaper. And it does look really old. Reaper. Reaper. You, there is a, uh, there is, there's two free versions of Studio One. There's Studio One Trial and Studio One Free. I think I said earlier I use Studio One Free for the trial version, but that's not completely true because it's the trial version that has like full functionality for 30 days. The free version has no expiration, but you only get some of the features. Reason's demo is like that. I don't recommend it, but you can use Re uh, Reason's demo definitely. But one, you don't get everything, and two, you can't save or export projects. Uh, talking uh, you about you can save in Studio One's free version. So yeah. What's funny? What's funny is I actually I was I just remember this. Funny enough, I actually have a DAW from the ninety. Because if you if I have uh, I have a Windows ninety eight PC that I have, uh, I use it for gaming and stuff. But I have I actually there I actually installed a DAW on it from the nineties called um. It's not really a DAW. It's just for audio, but it's called um. I think it's called like Cool Clip Pro or something. It became Adobe Audition actually. So Adobe hmm. Audition is actually was you know started off as Cool Clip. Or cool edit pro, and uh, I mean, for, for Windows ninety eight, what you'd expect, it sounds way better than I thought. Like, oh, obviously, I would never use it. I but just it's... remembered something. I mean, obviously, I consider FL Studio my first DAW, but the first DAW I ever tried to use back when I was like twelve or thirteen was Acid Pro. Have you heard of Acid Pro? No. What is that? Acid Pro, I believe, is made by Sony, or at least was. It it, it looked just like so, uh, Sony Vegas, but without the video, and it was hot garbage. I did not it learn anything about it. It looks it looks like hot garbage. Looking at it. <laughs> it, it, it was. I don't think they even work on it anymore. My first dog was Acoustica Mixcraft, Mixcraft Six, or Five, one of the two. No, it was, it was five. MMS, I believe My called. first DAW was GarageBand. Yeah. Mixcraft and GarageBand, that's what I used for about a year or Mixcraft. Oh my gosh. I remember so Mixcraft. I, I never have, used it, but... I have a funny story to tell. Uh-oh. By the way, uh, it... By the way, if you want to... You may, I don't know, but like we, you can choose to keep this if you want. Uh, so I used to be in, when I was, you know, we, not really we, but you know, a couple of years ago, I used to have a lot of friends and I still somewhat do. I have a good bunch of friends who are in a, a, a certain, a certain, uh, and oh they're God. in an online community. They're in an online community for a children's show. That's all I'll say. Uh, Thomas. and they do a lot of. Yeah, it's Thomas the Tank Engine. And the thing about Thomas the Tank Engine is they uh, the big aspect of that is the music. 
And it's it's a good soundtrack. I'm not even going to lie. I still will often listen to the music when I'm trying to relax. It's very, it's all analog synthesizers and, you know, Jupiter 8s and Lin drums, you know, and it's all very relaxing. And I still will listen to it sometimes relax. But one thing that that part of the community is, is they try to recreate music and make it sound like that. And the like my goodness if that was if they were their own industry their industry standard would be mixcraft 7 why i don't know it's free they, like i guess it's it's free that they can get the trial that's it they like my goodness if you watch them i like at least everyone i've known who's like used who's done music for like their fan thomas the tank engine music they all use some of them use fl studio but to be fair when they use it they actually own it they buy it and they make other music aside from that i have a buddy who also who uses pro tools but everyone else uses mixcraft 7 for some reason Mm-mm. and i don't it's just it's just because it's a free trial like there's this one guy who he literally he makes i mean he's a bad person he's not a good dude i'm not gonna try to go any further than that but he's not a nice person but i gotta be real he makes some good music and i'm just sitting there like what did he use That's and my friend's like oh he uses, he uses he uses mixcraft and i'm like how it like it sounds amazing it sounds really good you know and he uses mixcraft for it and i don't know how i don't know how anybody can get by using mixcraft i tried it hated it instantly just nope not using it when I was hmm. using Mixcraft, I barely knew anything about I barely knew anything about producing or mixing. So uh I just threw reverb on everything. That's how we all that started. And I did lie. and I uh I put like all of the um all of the piano notes up to one hundred and twenty seven velocity uh I do wish that I still had these those old songs to be honest. I'm not really I don't really uh shrink in fear of them. I think it's pretty interesting how they sounded. I still hear them in my head. I still hear how they sounded, but I lost the files. You should you should just like someday for the channel for World Famous Secret, you know, you should just like be like, "Hey guys, I have written a song in the style of you know, like uh, in the style of newly into the music industry, Austin. You know, just oh, getting right. into music. Well, huh. Oh, Paper, oh, but- I gotta, I gotta tell you something about that too. Funny story about that, huh? When I first started recording, you know, I didn't have a USB audio interface. I didn't have anything any sort of adapter to connect my guitar to the computer so what i did was i plugged my guitar into my amplifier i plugged the amplifier direct out into the karaoke machine that we had and the karaoke machine had an rca out which i plugged using an rca to eighth inch cable into the computer sound card and that's how I recorded guitar tracks. Yeah, I assume you didn't have an adapter to just make it go from quarter inch to like. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that's what I said. I didn't have one of those. 
Oh, okay. So you went through like 30 different things to get it. Right. And I remember the day that I finally got an RCA to a quarter inch adapter so that I could use that cable straight into my guitar. And I was living large. I could use the uh, <laughs> garage band virtual amps. And um, I still have my first, some of my first garage band productions but nothing from yeah, garage. Band. That's the thing. I don't know what it is with garage band. Garage band always sort of like encourages you to archive your stuff. I don't know why it's like, for some reason, it, I don't know if it's well, just, it's not, that. you know, I mean, I just Apple playing to have mind them, games or something. And I had it, I had them on a different computer than the, big I know, but things. I mean like, I mean like everyone who, all the people who I've talked to who went from like garage band to something else, like they always say for some reason there was a, like, even though it didn't really tell you explicitly for some reason with logic, whether it must be like Apple's mind games controlling your brain, it like for some reason <laughs> it in some way it encouraged you to save that stuff and keep it for some reason. I don't know how. Wow. Like, I don't really know. I don't even, if it's mind games, I don't, I mean, to be fair, it's almost not a good thing because you don't even know why. It's kind of scary. Yeah. Because I still have some of the old files that I recorded when it was literally just me goofing off with my Yamaha keyboard plugged into it. Like, I, re I, I still have the first ever recording I ever made, ever, on a computer, saved. Because literally what I did was I plugged my key, my, it, I, literally the day that I was able to get the MIDI cable to work with GarageBand, I recorded something and I still have that file to this day. And that was like 2015, 2016. Nice. Yo, I still remember I still remember going to a sleepover at my friend's house bringing my desktop uh tower PC along and plugging up to his keyboard, mouse, monitor and his MIDI keyboard and bringing my Radio Shack 8-inch cable microphone along to record his vocals for a rap we were doing recording them into Studio One. I had just gotten Studio One. So I had made the beat, and we recorded these vocals, and uh, they sounded pretty bad. I made them sound like they came from a megaphone. That's how Heart Paradox was made. But uh, that was that a, man. That was a good memory. Man, he had his, he that, had his Perry the Platypus snapback turned backwards when he was recording. Oh, my gosh. Sunglasses. So it's 2013. At his plastic sunglasses. Are we sure this wasn't you? Austin, Austin helped Etika record his mixtape back in those days. It was Confirm. not Etika. <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool though. Maybe I think Iceman Etika was done rapping at that uh, point. Ice Iceman Etika. Uh, good times. Good times. I remember when I first. I remember I was watching one of his streams and someone sent that in, and he was like, "Oh no, you did not just send that!" And it was Iceman Etika. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, I swear, I feel. I think that's one of the things that people will. If there's any archive of what the 2010s were, it's the archive of everyone's crappy rap wannabe recording that they made. That didn't go anywhere. That will be the true definition of like 2008 to 2013. That time period. Jacob, before do you changed. have anything like that? I, I do. I what do, year? But I don't know about what Jacob. I do about. too. Do you, Jacob? Yep. Yeah, man. I swear, man, that was such a weird 
time period because it wasn't like like 2008 2009 to 2013 you could have told me that it was this different decade and i would not have been i would not be shocked that was <laughs> such like 2013 20 when minute 2014 rolled around like boom everything changed and everything was like minimalism and you know millennial yellow and you know or no millennial pink it was millennial pink I remember that was like the whole trend where all the millennials were like, hey, look at this shade of pink we got, you know, like that was when everything became weird, you know, and how it is now when everything became all minimalism and all that stuff. And but I just remember the simple time of 2008 to 2013, back when you could just ball out to, you know, uh, Minecraft parodies and like friggin' Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, back in the days, man, back in the days, back when I didn't even know what a dog back when I probably couldn't even play a single note on a guitar. Hmm. Like, it's kind of funny. I would love to go back to those days, but like at the same time, there's so much, if I could go back to those days with all the stuff I know now, how to do, I would do Dude, it. You have you know, no idea I, how I, often you have no idea how many times I've wished that I could do that. Like, I swear if I could go back and like, 2009 when rock still had some sort of chance of being on the radio oh my gosh dude i would love it but now it's like now it's like unless you have like ed sheeran levels of money nothing that you record that isn't you know some sort of like hip-hop song or latin or if you're or, or if you're post malone you know like nothing you record is gonna go far you know, and that's sort of sad to say you can get like Mac DeMarco. Mac DeMarco is a legend because he's like, he does rock music, you know, and he's like, you know, an indie rock, excuse me. He's an indie rock, like King, you know, like he can do all that sort of stuff, but like, he's still not like going to the Grammys and partying with all the celebrities famous though. He's famous. A lot of people like him, even some celebrities like him, but like, he's not. Billie Eilish famous, you know, even though he's been around way longer than she has. And my opinion is, is he Al City famous? Yeah. Fireflies famous though. Not fireflies famous, not fireflies flame. Not dang. That's hard to say. Fireflies flame, fireflies flame. Try to say that fast. Fireflies famous. You know, I have something Ah, to say about Al City. Fireflies famous. There we go. People forget how popular that song was. That song like it was like Gumnaw style, but 2009. Like yeah. that song was everywhere. It was like number one, like 15 countries. Yeah, I swear that song was huge. That song was humongous. It was huge. I remember. I was I was like five when that song came out, and I knew how big that song was. Like yeah. holy cow! Like yeah, people was, like say all um, cities garbage, or, and they say it was a one hit wonder, but people forget about Shooting Star. They forget about When Can I See You Again, and they forget about Good Time. One hit wonder is such an odd term because the thing is I hate it because people only ever use it to like dismiss an artist. Like, dude, yeah, like that's how still is that? one more hit to express ever... regret that the yeah. artist didn't yeah. stick around for yeah. longer. Like yeah. that's still, yeah. Like it will in that sense, I can sort of, you know, get behind, you know, feel, I feel a bit better about that. But I mean like, dude, that's like, whenever it's like insult, it's like, dude, that's still one more hit than you're probably ever going to get. Like, you know what's bruh. funny too? Whenever people are like, oh, Al City's trash, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. I'm like, well, did you know he makes all his music by himself? Like, oh, he does? Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, it like, happened um, multiple times. 
And then sometimes with a lot of the one hit wonders, it's not, they're not even actually one hit wonders. It's just that you they're don't They're not as know. popular as the one song yeah. that was like, huge. Like, what is it? Um, How do you beat Fireflies like, again? Like, uh, what you is know? it? You know, um, you, you ever heard, you know, the song video killed the radio star, right? By the Buggles. Yeah. yeah. That the guys from that band, all of them, they, except for like one of them, they all went on to become huge. Like you want to know who played keyboard on part of it? You know, you want to know who? Hans Zimmer. And yeah, you can see in the music video too. He's like, he's sitting there, dark hair. He still has a full head of hair and he's sitting there playing it and he's got this huge rack of synthesizers behind him. He was part of the band and it was Hans Zimmer who later went on to make almost every movie soundtrack known to mankind. And That's then really he had, cool. Then he had the singer of the song that. and the bass player, uh, Jeff, um, I can't remember his name Fox off the top of my head. No. <laughs> Toby Fox. Oh my gosh. Imagine that, dude. Um no, but um if you kill the radio star, you might be video. You might be you might be video, yeah. No, but um uh you had Jeff uh Downs. Yeah, you had Jeff Downs, who was the keyboardist, or he was the keyboardist for the band. He went on to form Asia, which was a big pop prog rock i think prog rock i don't remember a big group in the 80s either way and he still plays keyboard on a lot of studio work and then the biggest one out of all of them aside from hans zimmer obviously uh trevor horn and trevor horn was the bass player and the vocalist he sang the songs you know and he went on to do a whole lot like he first off he joined yes and sang on some of yes's albums in fact one of his songs that he wrote for yes is considered one of their greatest songs ever and he went on to be a producer. So like, you know, the song relax by uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. That's the oh. one with the super Mario underground riff in it. Isn't it? I think. Yeah. He, um, he wrote, he, no, he didn't write it. Sorry. He, um, what was I about to say? He, uh, produced that. He was the lead producer of that song. Interesting. And yeah. And he also did, um, owner of a lonely heart. He produced that song for yes. Which is like, you know, that's yes, his most popular song, arguably. Uh, you know, they were just, he was, they all were, you know, huge in the music industry. And you know what? They have all been called one hit wonders because Video Killed the Radio Star was their biggest thing that they were known for. When in reality, if you actually looked at what they did, I mean, all you got to do is just say Hans Zimmer and you like, boom, instantly you're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe they you know, weren't. Do you know what's funny about Hans Zimmer? It's like, oh, what, what? What music do you make? Uh, what movie do you make music to? Name a movie, huh? Name any movie. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. The Simpsons Name a movie. movie. Yep, he made that. He was there. Yeah, he uh, did that. Inception. That was he was there. Oh, uh, how about Shark Tale? That Pixar Disney movie. He did that. He he was there. Yeah, you it's know, funny. um, you know, uh, what is it? You know, the music for Family Guy. Yep. Like the little little intro bits that are uh, the show this tunes? isn't by the way, by the way no it's not it's not Hans Zimmer by the way but like you know little things like when it shows the house and it's like oh yeah 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 the guy that did all those is the same guy that did the music for the movie Food Fight oh yeah that's kind of sad but Lois Lois Peter. <laughs> Peter, what are you doing? Lois, I'm playing Fortnite. Okay. Uh, you're fired. Lois, I'm playing Fortnite. Peter? 
You guys realize we've been talking for over an hour and a half. Blame yeah. Coker. Yeah. Uh, no, we're gonna. Te- we're, we're, let's just teach Ariana to make music so he could be the third, the third member of Extra no! Reverb. No, no, <laughs> don't. Then you'll have. Then you'll have his brother. Then his brother will be. Well, actually, that'd be kind of funny. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that'd be. Let's be real here. That would be amazing. You just he's sitting there talking about like what daw he uses, and you just hear his brother in the background being like, "Shut up, bro! You're stupid." Like, that'd be. Oh my gosh. One more thing it, about Al City, though. Not only was that song popular, but he was popular. He was extremely yeah. popular back in the day. Like, you think about all the fangirls that BTS gets. Well, that was him back yeah, in the day. Much. Back in the good old days when they make have that. greasy hair and a part and everyone loved him. Hey, he made it work. But Listen, anyways. But that's why I'm saying I'm cool. saying it worked. Yeah. Yeah. But like... Um, I've been trying to mimic it for years. <laughs> He's the reason I started growing out my hair. You know, before like sophomore year of high school, I never had really long hair, like ever. Uh, it's more yeah, of a I'm kind of sad because like, you guys, so um, if you've seen pictures of me, you guys, I don't think the audience knows, but like I know you guys probably know. You know how I have for the longest time had pretty long hair, like shaggy because I want to, I want to look like one of those seventies artists, you know. Well, I hate to be a downer, but I had to get my hair cut. My parents made me, so I was like, "Can I at least get something I want?" And they're like, "Yeah." So I got my hair cut like Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, what? like an old picture <laughs> of him from like nineteen sixty. I'll gotta... I'll send a picture when uh I'll send a picture in the group chat. You can put it up <laughs> on screen too. You can put it in the put it up on screen so people can see this. I'll find I'll send a picture of before and after so you can just see how much they chopped off from my head, bro. Like it's so much. You but, know guys, um, I know we talked about synthesizers I think an episode or two ago and then I decided with my bonus money from work next month or I might even get it sooner. I'm definitely going to buy a synthesizer. We were thinking the Behringer Model D. Let me know if you guys have any suggestions. I'll definitely check them out. I was thinking that, or I was also considering the the Micro Brutes. Um, but then I was like, Nah, let's get the Model D. I so, would say uh, get yeah. the Wasp. I like the Wasp. Send me a link. I'll check it out. The Wasp is a great one. Send me a link. Well, and I'll check it out. I want a Micro Korg, but it's all like presets, and it's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem that fun. Yeah, I def I definitely would say get the if you're gonna get oh, any of them, get the model. I have a, if you're gonna model get D's got if you're a vocoder not gonna, input though, right? Model D, yeah. Model D has one that's, too. That's that's really cool. I have a question. So do you know how there's a USB port on the like the top left? It's that a weird like printer type of connector yeah. port. Is that so you could plug yeah. it into your computer and like you play in a DAW with uh with an instrument yeah. and like that's what it's mini controller. That's what that's what yes! uh, anytime you see that yes! anytime you see yes! that on any uh, keyboard like that, that's what that's for. That's what I use to do my MIDI stuff. Little printer cable. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I mean so, same. Wait, let me so let me reclarify. So let's say I plug it into my computer, I, I open like the, the rack extension, whatever it's called in reason to where it's like, all right, it's playing an external instrument. And then if I if I play my keyboard that's connected to my computer to reason, will it play like sound? From the model D, uh, like I can sequence yeah, it. Yeah, you can do that. Like, what is it? it? One, I did that with um my uh 
Yamaha, you can record something with the, uh, or you say like you load up a MIDI, you know, say you load up a MIDI file and you want to have that MIDI file play out through the model D as long as it's, you know, monophonic, you know, not multiple keys. If yeah. you, you can set the model D as your output, your MIDI output and use that. Six. I'm not the best keyboard player, so obviously I do all my sequencing and like my and reason sequencer still. So yeah, that'd be neat. It's like I was, you know, I realized I had a theory years ago, and it's obviously true. There's a lot of like synth solos and like synth lines that Al City would use in his music. And it's like it sounds so like powerful and so like real. Like, how is he doing that? And I was like, it has to be a real. It has to be like it has to be a synthesizer, right? You know that that probably is the answer, because you could tell when it's like something in software, and sometimes like that yeah. sounds like just so powerful. It sounds so synthesizers good. are it's obviously so, real. They're such a crazy thing because if you have, I, I've always been interested in synthesizers, so I've actually I've done a good bit of stuff just working around with them, because uh, I actually still own my I own a Yamaha one, uh, you know. Not the keyboard that I use to record MIDI, but I have a synth, actual analog synth. Um, what has always shocked me is how powerful an analog synth can sound versus an FM or a digital synth. Yeah, you can't mimic it on a yeah. computer. Like, um, you just I can't. love if one of my favorite synthesizers that I've ever, you know, looked up and just like wanted, wanted so bad, even though it's so expensive, is um, the Moog Model 15 from the 60s uh it's such a big it's just a beast you know it's not huge but it's it's bigger than the model d you know the model d the whole point of the model d was to basically act as a smaller version of the model 15 and other synthesizers like it so it's one of those synthesizers where you have it has cables and patches and stuff you know modules that you can plug in but um the sound you can get from it is one of the best sounds i've ever heard um if you've ever heard Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles, the there's a when you hear George Harrison's vocal, there's a little synth bit playing in the background. That's the Model 15. As well as the weird little you know, weird sound you need to hear when during the little guitar riffs that are in that song as well. Uh, the Beatles loved that synth for that final album they did, Abbey Road. Uh, they really did. And it, it's, it's a great synth. It's an amazing synthesizer. And I think but that, like, that's all the whole thing. Analog synthesizers are just unlike anything else. You can make a FM synth sort of sound like a analog synth. You can, but it's still not an analog synth because an analog synth is just like a whole different realm, you know? You know, I'm afraid if I get a synthesizer and get into the world of synths, I will be sucked in and just be locked and addicted to for life you know uh you'll i feel like i'll get a i'll get a, a model while, d not... tomorrow and then like three months later i'll have like my own like rack wall and have crippling uh, debt it happens rather quickly think about this i started getting in the synth earlier in 2019 and by the end of that i was already working with like racks and stuff it's it's fun especially when you start getting to like the newer more experimental things like uh uh, physical synths. Physical synths are one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yamaha made them back in the made one back in the '90s that was really expensive, but now they're really common. I think they're called or modeling synths. I think is what they're called. What they can do now with a synthesizer is they can literally make it mimic a physical item. 
You can make it like you can, and you can choose what happens to it. So like you can make, you can have it set. I think logic actually has one that is meant to mimic it, uh, sort of be like that. Uh, yeah, it does. You can, you can, yeah, yeah. I, it, you can literally have it set to be like wood and have it be like part wood, part steel. And then you can have it, someone blowing through it, you know, make it, make a wooden slash steel flute and it sounds real because of the way the synth works it can mimic physical like imperfections and things and you, you can make it a tube you can make it a bar that you bang it's and it's all it's not necessarily new new stuff like i said it's been around since the technology's been around since the 90s but it's crazy what we can do now with synths and i, I doubt i believe it's just going to get any even crazier, you know, like that guitar amp we were checking out. You know, you you put a yeah. liquid in it and a, and a mimics the sound, d- determining the color Heck, and the consistency. I don't know. Maybe someday, liquid. maybe someday we'll get a synth that can recreate human voices to a, you know, to a single or formant. You know, down to that deep of a level. You know, you can uh, down to like the little grain in their voice. I. I would not be surprised if that happens in a couple of years, not in the sense of like text to speech, which we already have. I mean, genuinely creating a new voice out of nothing, which so far we can't do. You have like stuff where it text to speech, where it's samples of people say, saying things that's played back to make something sound like it. And you can have sense that sort of sound like get the feel of it. But I mean, I would not be surprised if in 10 maybe even five years, there's something like that where it, you can turn a couple knobs and you have a human voice recreated to a little singular like semitone, you know? it's I would not be surprised because of how crazy synths are getting. I feel like the hardest part with that would be trying to create words because you'd have to, yeah, you know, sequence or modulate mm-hmm. the syllables you'd have to- it creates. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they figured out time. some sort of way. I bet it would be something like, uh, maybe we can make it. Maybe we can make the extra reverb voco, you know, or something like that. Uh, but no, I, I bet it would be something that like you before could, someone else does. Yeah, we got a copyright. We got to trademark that, Austin. You can handle that. You're the legal department. Me? Yeah, Austin. You're the legal, it's your podcast. You're, you're the, you you're the legal it. department. You can go and apply for a trademark of the extra reverb voco. Let me know how much it is. I might pitch in. We might pitch in a little bit. You know, it'd be like two hundred dollars, and me and Jake would be like, "Here, we got twenty bucks. You can have it." Yeah, I thought you. Were, I thought you were gonna say twenty cents. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably that too. Uh, but no, like I mean, like I would. It'd probably be something like you know, say um, you can. I would suspect it'd be something like uh, you can have a preset for what you want to do. You could have like an ah or an O, you know, have like all the vowels like ah, eh, e, o, u, you know, uh, you know, make that like your own patches in the synth and have it set for that. And then you can just like, depending, I would say like, like imagine having it where, you know, you press, you, and you bend the pitch wheel or the mod wheel. And instead of it switching, you know, instead of it being smooth, it like clicks. And so each time you click it, it switches between like the A, E, E, O, and O. Or it's like you click a button on the panel and it does that. That's well, in logic, be, you get articulation. Yeah. And that's how you do that. Well, yeah, but to be fair, that's sampling. Remember, though, that's not yeah. making the sound on its own. Again, the main oh, problem, okay. the main, the main, about that. Yeah. 
yeah, the main thing to overcome with, you know, making the main thing to overcome with like making a new something like that would you wouldn't have to worry about the a a e o and o that wouldn't be pointless the fact is you would still have a human voice made out of nothing just out of you know out of a vacuum and that would be the insane part on its own and i feel like that could i feel like that's probably going to happen you know but i and i will love to see that that'll be insane it's gotten really philosophical talking about the future and the past and nostalgia and all that. Yeah. We've talked like about a lot of things this episode. We have. But I think it's about time to wrap it up. There is mm-hmm. one more thing that I wanted to discuss. A couple of days ago, I witnessed a banjo player run his banjo through fuzz and an auto wah. I'm sure that, that was, was the craziest sound in the world. I also saw a harmonica player mic his harmonica up and run that signal through a pedal that simulated a rotary cabinet. Wow. That what? was cool. Yeah. Like, go into Logic, pull up a harmonica, and just put the stock rotary cabinet effect on it and just see how different it sounds. Like, the way he got it to work, it sounded like a monophonic organ. Dang. Yeah, that reminds me of, like, when players back in the 60s and 70s would put their guitars and stuff through those to make it sound like an organ. That's cool, though. I feel like this has been a great podcast, though. Like, I don't think I've ever recorded a podcast this long before. Like, I I don't think, you know, obviously there are some ones where we rant, like, I rambled, basically. But, like, I mean, overall, I think it was fun. We talked about some fun stuff. Like the iLock and DRM. Yeah. Hate DRM. And Sibilus, Sibilium or whatever it is. Syphilis. I don't know. Syphilis? No. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. It's the equivalent of Syphilis of Dawes. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, guys, how about you say goodbye now? Bye. Goodbye. Farewell. Hmm? Uh-huh. Isn't that the lyric? So long, farewell. Cheesecake. Oh, okay. Okay.